0: Welcome to the Overflow Podcast. We pray you are encouraged by this message. For more info, notes, or other messages, visit our website at overflowdfw.com. Well, hey, we're continuing our series called The Grow Series. Everybody say, The Grow Series. The growth series and this series is kind of a mini series we're just doing a few weeks pastor joshua is going to be sharing next week we're super about that but but really our theme this year has been cultivate right we've been cultivate and things that are properly properly cultivated they grow right things that are properly cultivated grow and and so last week we learned this that sometimes it's fruit sometimes it's root but it's always growth season for believers did you know that you're in a growth season right now Did you know that you were in a growth season six months ago? You might not have known you were growing. You might have felt like you were in the dark. You might have felt like that, man, I'm not growing. I'm not doing well. But for the believer, listen, we can take heart and know and understand that, hey, because I'm I'm in the the pocket of God's goodness, God has always grown me. There's this fabulous verse in Jeremiah chapter 17. It says, blessed are those who trust in the Lord and have made the Lord their hope and confidence. Did you know if you've done that, if you made the Lord your hope and your confidence, did you know you're blessed? Yeah. Did you know you're blessed? And he says this, they're like trees planted along the riverbank. Now it's important to know that, that they're planted along the riverbank. They're not just waiting for rain. Come on. With a believer, our fruit our fruit comes from what flows... Not what falls, right? And so this is what he says. With roots that reach down deep into the water. I've got a river of life flowing. Right? Y'all know that. Such trees are not bothered by heat. Or worried by long months of drought. Their leaves stay green and they never stop producing fruit. Why? Because they're planted by the river. Are you planted by the river? Do you have a river? Jesus said, if you believe in me, I will put a river inside of you. Out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. So we don't live by what falls, we live by what flows. We live from the internal nurtured soul that's planted in the Holy Ghost, right? And I love this, it says they're not bothered by heat. Today we're talking about the heat is on. The heat is on. Is the heat on in your life? Come on. <laughs> and, and, and some of you are dealing with a little bit more intense heat than others. But the heat is on. But guess what? You're not bothered by heat. It doesn't mean that you're unaffected. It means you're not bothered by it. It doesn't trouble your ability to produce fruit. And they're not worried by long months of drought. Why? Man, I haven't, haven't got a word in years. The first question I would ask is this. Are you planted by the river? The second, I would suggest this to you, that your ability to bear fruit, even in drought, is possible. You never stop producing fruit. You stay green. So we're, we're rooted and healthy. Healthy things produce. See, our health is not dictated by the strength of a season, but by the depth of our root. And we talked last week about developing roots. We, we talked about, we had this 21 Days of More that will kind of help you get into that. But you need to develop roots. You need to be reading your Bible. You need to be praying every day. You need to have a real relationship with God. Not you met him one time. No, 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 you have an ongoing relationship. I met Leslie one time. But I also meet with her every day. So there's this incredible parable in Mark chapter four. Probably my favorite of all the parables. And Jesus places so much emphasis on this. He says later, he says, if you don't understand this parable, you, don't, you won't get any of them. And this is what he says. Listen. <laughs> All right. Listen. A farmer went out to sow his seed, and as he was scattering seeds, some fell along the path, and the birds came up and ate it. Some fell on the rocky places where it did not have much soil, and it sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. How many of you seen people like that before? They're like, wow, yeah, I'm all in, right? But when the sun came up, when the heat came on, the plants were scorched and they withered because they had no root. They didn't wither because the heat was on. They didn't wither because the sun was out. They, they withered because they had no root. Other seeds fell along, among thorns, which grew up, choked the plants so that they did not bear again. Still other seed fell on good soil. Come on. It came up, grew, and produced a crop, some, 30, uh, crops, some multiplying 30, some 60, some 100 times. Exponential growth. Why? Because they were well-rooted. They were well-nurtured. Here's the deal. The sun is going to come out. The sun is going to come out. And get this, the sun is required for you to grow. The sun is required for you to grow. This is this thing called photosynthesis. Yeah, come on. I know a lot of science, right? Photosynthesis. Photosynthesis is synthesis is the process by which green plants and certain other organisms transfer light into, in, into chemical energy. The sun is actually the food. It's not just the water, it's actually the heat and the rays that come from the sun that, that convert the environments into energy so that this plant can grow. Heat fuels our growth. And if we're not careful, we'll think the Christian life is this. We come to Jesus, and everything's just so awesome, and we're just happy, and there's no trouble, and there's always money in the bank account. The doctor's always saying good things, and everybody's nice to us because we love Jesus. Right? But that's not the way it works. In fact, when you love Jesus, it attracts heat. Y'all have heard me say it a number of times. If the devil's not on your back, he's on your side. Why? Because he wants to destroy you. And so he's always going to be testing to see whether you have root or not. So when we talk about heat, what are we talking about? Let's just be generic over that. We're talking about pain. We're talking about pressure. We're talking about persecution, real persecution. Not someone didn't like your Facebook post. Temptation. Did you know if you give into every temptation, you failed the test? Difficulties, suffering, uh, waiting—that's that's that's the one for me. Waiting, oh, because I'm usually in a hurry. Correction. We we have this this thing, you know. We've we've created all these soft words for culture, and so when someone tries to hold you accountable, we call it toxic, (laughs) right? Listen, stop calling accountability abuse. You need brothers and sisters. You need pastors. You need leaders. You need people in your life that will correct you. And it's not toxic. Listen, if people love you, you will be corrected. Are, are, are you above that, though? Do you think, I can't be corrected? Or do you get your, your, your feathers ruffled every time someone brings correction and you go, oh, they're just so abusive? They're probably not abusive. They probably love you. And that's what we've done now. They're just abusive. They're toxic. They made me uncomfortable. Did you know that the sun is uncomfortable? We were in Mexico this week. And it's closer to the equator than Dallas is. And it's more humid there. And the sun is blistering down. Right? It's uncomfortable. I don't want to get out of the heat and stand in the shade. Listen, I want to suggest this to you today. You are not dealing with difficulties because God is mad at you. you. You are not dealing with difficulties because God is mad at you. You're not dealing with difficulties because God is testing you. Sometimes he is. But that doesn't necessarily mean that God is throwing the test at you. This is the way I see tests. Life happens. You're experiencing tests today. You're experiencing trouble today because you're breathing. Because you're alive. Everybody has struggles. We all have struggles. And so God is testing us though. He's got pen and paper and he's going, let's see how this works. Let's see how this plays out. He's not necessarily causing those things, but he's watching you. And this is the deal. If we fail the test, you have to take it again. You have to take the test again if you fail it. I've failed a lot of tests. <laughs> Some of those tests I have to retake. And I don't like retaking tests. I'd rather move on to the next test. And usually the next test to the next level is a little bit harder than the last one. But I got to pass the test. So it's not because God's mad at you. It's because God is wanting to grow you. So what is happening to you may, may or may not be the will of God. Well, was not the will of God that they're acting ugly ugly to me. It's probably not the, the will of God that they act ugly. It's probably not. But it is the will of God to use that that's thrown at you to work in you to make you look more like Jesus. Roman, Romans 8, right? This is a, a popular passage that we use when we talk about difficulty. Because we, we go, oh, first of all, we, we misquote it. and We say everything happens for a reason. No, God will cause everything to happen for his purposes. But that doesn't mean I didn't get that parking spot because I'm, God's got a better one for me. And that's what we do, right? It's funny how we, we get so caught up in cover. This is what it says, Romans 8, 28. He says, and we know, it's not that we assume, it's that we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those that love God. <laughs> Come on. Not everyone, but those that love God and those that have been called according to his purposes for him. For God knew his people in advance, and this is what the purposes are. He chose them to be like his son. So what happens is God comes in and he uses the difficulties to make us look more like Jesus. And if we don't look more like Jesus at the end of the test, then we failed the test. If we've gotten bitter, we failed the test. So guess what? you got to take the test again. See, the test should make you softer, not harder. See, God is more concerned about your character than your comfort. And that's reality. His plan for you is to look like Jesus. And becoming like Jesus takes a lot of heat. Because you don't look like Jesus right now. You're working on it. God's working on it. And I'm glad you are. And I hope you look more like Jesus today than you did last week or last year or last decade. I hope you do. But are you allowing the heat to refine you or are you allowing it to define you and you wither up? So how do we grow through the heat? How many of y'all want to grow through the heat? You don't want to just get out of the heat. (laughs) Because typically that's what our prayers look like. Lord, get me out of this. Instead of Lord, refine my heart. Lord, I want to look like Jesus at the end of this. It's just that, that posture of humility. All right, Romans 5. Romans 5. This is a good one for you. Therefore, since we have been made right in God's sight by faith, right? By faith. You've been made right by God by faith. Not because you were a good boy, good girl, but by faith in Jesus, we have peace with God because of what Christ Jesus, Jesus Christ, the Lord has done for us because of our faith, because of our faith, Christ has brought us into this place of undeserved privilege, that's the grace of God, where we now stand and we confidently and joyfully look forward to sharing in God's glory. We can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials. <laughs> Hold up. Hold up, Paul. I can rejoice when difficult things are happening. Uh, working on that one. No, we can It doesn't necessarily mean that you're excited about it, but you can find excitement in the midst of it, right? We can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials for we know that they will help us develop endurance. And endurance develops strength of character. And character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. And this hope will not lead to disappointment. For we know how dearly God loves us because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. Let me help you grow through the heat. Number one, be at peace with God. Be at peace with God. Since we have been made right in God's sight by faith, we have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ, our Lord has done for us. Did you know that you don't make peace with God? You don't make peace with God. I've heard people say this over the years. I just need to make peace with God. Jesus already did that. Jesus already made peace with God. You've got to accept what Jesus did. You've got to embrace it. You've got to receive it. Not just know it. Because I've known a lot of people that knew it, but they never received it. You don't make peace with God. Jesus did that. Peace with God means that, that you've been made positionally righteous. That you are right before God. That you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Why? Because of faith. And because of that, you were an enemy. Now you're a friend. Because you were a sinner. Now you're a saint. Because you were broken. Now you're whole positionally right, you have peace with God. And what that does is it creates a posture in us. A posture in us. This is posture and per- perspective would be a two-point sermon today. Posture and perspective. So our posture is this, that, that, that we're yielded to his sovereignty. We don't like that word. We're, we're, we're charismatics. We don't like the word sovereignty. But sovereignty just means this, that he is supremely in charge. That he is ultimately that God is in charge. And our posture is that, God, you're in charge. You're in charge of my life. You're in charge of my behavior. You're in charge of the way I talk. You're in charge of them. I'm not too worried about them and what they do. I'm, I've, I've, I've got to yield my charge to your charge. And your charge says that you want me being like Jesus. So in Romans 9, Paul gives us this illustration. He's like, does, does, does the, the, the potter, does the, the, the clay say to the potter, hey, make me like this? No, the potter says, I'm going to make you like this. I'm going to make you like Jesus. So many times especially in in our culture, especially in Western culture, we think God is meeting all all of our demands, right? We kind of treat him like a genie in a bottle. And so what it's done is it's created a a lot of spoiled brats instead of obedient children. And so when we don't get our way, we get mad at God. Listen, if you get mad at God every time your prayers aren't answered, by the way, your prayer probably was answered, it was probably no. And sometimes he just says no, but it's not my job to get mad at God because he said no. Because if God says yes to everything, then you're just going to be a spoiled brat. And getting our way all the time doesn't grow us. Now, there are for sure absolutely things that God has for you. There are absolutely promises that God has for you, even if they're not in your hand yet. Right? And so you can pray those things knowing, but there's some some desires that we want. And we're just—we've just got to be like God. I'm, I'm praying this with an open hand. It doesn't have to be this way. This is what I want. But ultimately, at the end of the day, I want what you want. And so, if you are continually in a place of blame or questioning God and His goodness, you will not grow. You'll dissolve. You won't have peace with God. You might be at peace with God, but you won't have peace with God because you're frustrated at God all the time. So if you're in a, let me say it again. If you in a continual place of blame or questioning God and his goodness, you will not grow, you will dissolve and you won't have peace with God. Now that doesn't mean that we don't have moments because we do, right? We do have moments where we're just like, God, I really wanted that. I really wanted this to happen. I really wanted that relationship. I really wanted that building that we prayed for for 10, for 10 months, 12 months. I really wanted that two years. <laughs> You're going to have moments, but it's not your general posture. Your general posture is nevertheless not my will. See, God's goal isn't to make angry people happy. <laughs> he's, he's not. He's not. He, it's not a popularity test with God. His goal is to make you look more like Jesus. Come on. That's his goal. You okay? So when you learn, and, and this is what, whenever we learn learned that I'm at peace with God, because what Jesus did is what, what happens is when that becomes my, the place that I live from, that becomes the center, which I live from Then what happens when trials come and difficulties come, I'm so secure that God wanted me and he gave me his very best in Jesus. That what happens is my hardships seem a little bit less insignificant because I can go, you know what? I'm loved by God. I have peace with God. I'm not frustrated with God because this is is why it is so important that you don't move on from the gospel. See, I can't get over the fact that in 1993, I gave my life to Jesus because he gave his life for mine. I can't get over the fact that God wanted me enough to send Jesus. I can't get over that. So it makes it a little easier when I'm going through difficulties to say, you know what? I don't really like the situation I'm in, but I belong to God. And ultimately, at the end of the day, my life is in his hands. See, when you got Jesus, you got everything. When you got Jesus, you got everything. So peace is not found in the absence absence of difficulty, but in the presence of Jesus. Peace is not found in the absence of difficulty, but in the presence of Jesus. You want to find peace? Get in his presence more. That's where you need to be rooted. Y'all okay? So just having peace with God and not being frustrated with God because it doesn't go your way. We, listen, we all get frustrated with God, but that cannot be our over overt posture. We've gotta be like, God, I, I'm not real happy about this, but I'm yours. And I know that you're dealing in the tension and you're dealing with the sun and you, the S-U-N and you're, the heat and you're making me look more like Jesus. Number two is this stand in faith. So number one, be at peace with God. Number two, stand in faith. Because of our faith, Christ has brought us into this place of undeserved privilege, right grace, where we now stand and we confidently, confidently, why? Because of faith. Now, because it's going well. Listen, when we read the New Testament, they're not talking about the struggles that we have like someone cut me off in traffic i just traffic's just such a difficult thing or even the things that are even more significant we're talking about the church who is suffering persecution that they might die today because they love jesus i mean it's it's way more magnified than 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 our daily struggle because someone wasn't nice to me today confidently and joyfully look forward to sharing in god's glory I love this quote by Bill Johnson. I think he nails it. He says, faith does not deny a problem exists. It denies its place of influence in my life. So faith, faith isn't like, oh, I don't have any problems. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I'm a son. I'm a son of God. I'm not a sinner. You know, it's like, it's not all this like thing that we call sometimes. And sometimes we won't use the word faith because we've seen people do like that and be phony, right? Be like that and be phony. And it's like, God wants your genuineness. And sometimes it is, a, I believe, but, I, but you got to help my unbelief. Like, this is where I'm at, God. You've got to be honest with God. But, and I know that that's been, quote, unquote, abused. I know that the, the people have gone around and said, oh, don't, don't say you have a headache. <laughs> right? And if you know, that doesn't really work. However, we do need to have a positive confession. We do need to have the mindset that says, you know what, I'm loved by God. I'm cherished by God. So it is important that you declare the right things. It is important that you know the scriptures and you declare the scriptures. God, I know that you're using this. All things together for the good that those that love you and are called according to your purposes that you're conforming me to the image of Christ. God, I don't like this right now, but I know that you can make me more like Jesus in the midst of it. That's a positive faith declaration and you need to make that. I'm not saying you need to look in the mirror every day and be like, oh, you're so good looking. You're going to achieve. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Unless you are really good looking, then you can do that. So pray and believe the scriptures. And get this. Another way that you can really stand in your faith is get around people that have fought that battle before. That have won that battle before. That have faced that struggle. Listen, I can't tell you the most... The most encouraging thing in my life has been sitting across the table, sharing life with people of people that have gone through similar circumstances, and how God will use that to increase my hope. He'll use it to increase my faith, and then guess what? What else happens is because I've gone through some of those things, and I'm able to share, and and I know that that that's not always that we don't always like that. God's just trying to teach you so you can help somebody. I know that doesn't help you in the midst of it, but understand this, that, that when you go through those trials and you go through those difficulties, you have developed a history with God and God will use that to minister to people. And so I don't think God's doing that to you so you can minister to someone. I, I, don't, I don't buy that. But I do know that when you've gone through it, when you've gone through hell, when you've gone through fire, that you can sit across the person at the table and you go, you know what? I know it's hard. And you can weep with them because you've wept before and you've struggled before and you can sit there with them and go, man, I know, I know how it's hard it is. But God, he's gonna bring you through. And, and it's gonna be good one day again. It's going to be good again again one day. Will you just stay? Stay rooted. Stay rooted and God will grow you. James 1. This is popular when dealing with difficulties. Again, not not unnecessarily a fun verse. Dear brothers and sisters, when trouble of any kind comes your way, consider it an opportunity of great joy. Gosh, can you quit saying that, Lord? Right? You can find joy in it, because I know he's making me like Jesus. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. And if you need wisdom, which you normally do when you're going through a hardship, if you need wisdom, ask our generous God. Ask him. Don't ignore him. Don't blow him off to say, Lord what am I supposed to do? I need your wisdom. And he will give it to you. He'll give you wisdom. Notice it doesn't say, ask the Lord to get you out of it. And he will. He says, ask for the wisdom for it. What can you do? What can I do, Lord, in this? He won't rebuke you for asking, but when you ask, be sure that your faith is in God alone, not for the answer. Not for the person, not even for the situation to change. You're just having faith in God alone when you pray. Do not waver for a person with divided loyalty. is as unsettled as a wave on the sea that is blown and tossed by the wind. Such people should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. And, and a lot of people, when they pray, they go, Lord, I, I want your wisdom. And then we're going, how can I figure this out? And, and James is saying, you're unstable. He's saying, don't, don't, don't you try to figure it out. Let me figure it out. You ask for wisdom in the midst of it, how to act and live properly. Such people should not expect to receive anything from the Lord, not even wisdom. Their loyalty is divided between God and the world and they're unstable in everything they do. So our loyalty is always to the Lord. All right, y'all okay? Okay. So number one is be at peace with God. Number two, stand in faith. Number three, hold on to hope. Remember Hebrews talks about hope as an anchor. You hold on. And he says this in Romans, hope will not disappoint. Those who hope in the Lord will not be disappointed. Listen, if you wanna, if you, if you wanna keep your life from not being disappointed, just hope in the Lord, He will never ever let you down see joyful uh, hope is the joyful expectation of good right it 's the joyful expectation, not the worries, worrisome stagnation <laughs> right and many times when we say hope, what we 're saying is wishing right and it 's normally like this, well, I wish it looked different, but that's listen that 's just worrisome stagnation oh i'm just I just hope. When people say hope, they're talking usually about worry. They're not talking about something confident. They're talking about something negative. It's like the difference would be, and you've heard me say this before, the difference would be you go to the doctor because things aren't right and you're sitting in the waiting room for him to come back to report and you're anxiously waiting. Oh, what's gonna happen? What's gonna happen? I just don't know. I'm just so tripping out. I'm tripping out. I don't know, I don't know what to do. Worrisome stagnation. You're just there. Oh. So no no no, it's like this. You sent that check through the teller vacuum tube thing, whatever that thing's called. What is that thing called? You send it through there, shoot, the thing. It's called the thing. You put it in there. And you're about to get cash in your hand. It's coming. It might take four minutes, it might take three minutes, but it's coming. That's hope. Hope, joyful expectations of good. It's what your kids do. That's why your kids can't sleep on Christmas. Why? Because they have hope that they're going to have something awesome. That is the joyful expectation of good. Hope is this, holy optimism. Hope is holy optimism. You can look at the situation, you go, know What? I feel pretty good about this. Not because the situation looks great, but because I serve a great God. And listen, hope, if you can maintain this posture of hope, what will happen is you hold on to that anchor of hope. What will happen is it'll pull you through the difficulty that you're going through. And you will come out on the other side looking more like Jesus. Perspective is everything. Just the way that you look at what is going on in your life is so important. And some of you, listen, You've got to stop seeing yourself as a victim. Everything happens to me. and I'll never have. I just, someone will give me a chance. And somebody believe you. Guess who believed in you? God believed in you. God gave you his very best. He gave you the greatest thing that you could ever imagine. The greatest gift anyone could be given. You were given the most fabulous man in all of human history. Come on. You weren't given the, the divine God incarnate. God come in flesh for you, who wants you, who wants to be really, there's nothing better than that. He's everything. It's like, that that is the greatest thing. And people are are mad at God because they didn't like what the preacher said. And I'm like, listen, get your eyes off the preacher. Some of you are like, yeah, that's a date. Pastor Leslie and I have talked about this a lot, that when I, when I see lost people, people that don't have their hope in the Lord, when they go through difficulties, I really have a sense, don't take this the wrong way, I really have a sense of pity. I'm like, how do people make it through? Because I've been through some crud, and I'm like, Lord, how are they gonna make it? They don't have Jesus. Jesus. I don't know know how they get up every day And, and oftentimes it looks like abuse and drug abuse and sometimes it looks like wild living to numb their heart. And I'm like, Lord, how does it even happen? And get this, when you understand and when you see the purpose that the heat is to grow you, not to destroy you, you begin to have a greater hope in the midst of the heat. You can have hope in the midst of the heat. Why? Because you're going, you know what? It's a refiner's fire and it's hot and it's uncomfortable, but I'm going to look more like Jesus. I'm going to stay rooted. I'm going to stay in the word. I'm going to stay in the presence of the Lord. And that makes me hopeful. Woo! Number four, last point. Find confidence in the love of God. Find confidence in the love of God. For we know that how dearly God loves us because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. How do you you experience the love of God? You experience the love of God by by allowing the Holy Spirit to fill your heart, by encountering the Lord. Because when you encounter him, you you encounter the greatest love that's way deeper than chill bumps. Come on. Yeah. It's something that, that brings a subtleness when you, when you can't settle down. So my hope for you is this, that you'll focus on the extents of his love. The way that he created you. Sometimes, and this has been a theme, sometimes when I'm going through difficulty, I just, I just got to remember what the Lord has done in my life. that I remember that the Lord saw me and wanted me and drew my heart to him because no man comes to the Father unless the Father draws him. So I go, Lord, you reached out and you tugged on my heart and you wanted me, God. Can I tell you, beloved, there's, there's few things that's greater than the want of God that God wanted you. That God wants you. That he wants to spend time with you. That God called your name. When I I think about the extent of God's love, that while I was a sinner, while I was doing my own thing, when I was in rebellion, God looked at me and he said, you're worth Jesus. And some would say, I'm not worthy. You're worth it. Because God doesn't pay for something. It's not worth it. You hear that? You stop thinking this this posture, I'm just not worthy, pity me. Listen, God sees you as valuable. So valuable. (laughs) So valuable, He gives you Jesus. And there's nothing more valuable than that. He paid the highest price. Even when you were a sinner, even when you were unfit. even when it would make sense for God to not want you. Because that's where I was, Lord. In fact, I think, it took, I think I probably would have received the Lord a couple of years before that if I could just get my mind around the fact that God's love is so big that he would want me. I mean, that's a, that's a big statement, God. That you're not coming to condemn me but you're coming to cleanse me? Right. You're coming to claim me? Yes. You're cl- coming to identify me with Jesus? Yeah. James 1, 2, God blesses those who patiently endure testing and temptation. And afterwards, they will receive the crown of life that God has promised to those that love him. So I want you... To encounter the love of God. Encounter the love of God. Because sometimes what we just need, and, and, and you've got to, listen, you've got to get in a position when you're going through that difficulty, don't get, don't get hard towards the Lord. Because some of us, when we're going through those difficulties, we kind of push God away. Maybe we're afraid that he's, gonna, he's got something bad for us. We're questioning his goodness. And he's like, man, would you just come to me? I have, have so much for you. I have so much life to give you. I want to share this verse with you this morning as we move into ministry time, Isaiah 61. And this is the mission of Jesus. This is the mission of Jesus. To provide for those who grieve in Zion. Bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes. The oil of gladness instead of mourning. A garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. And they will be called oaks. Oaks of righteousness mighty oak trees for the display of his splendor, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. Did you know that God wants to display his splendor? He wants to put his glory on your life.